Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Very pleased to be joined from NBC Sports, the outstanding Peter King. Peter, welcome back. Thank you so much for your time. Steve, how are you? I'm doing well. How are you? Hey, Steve, I, I've got to tell you that I watched the whiteout game on TV last week against Auburn. And the first thing I thought of when I watched it was, uh, this has got to be the greatest home field advantage in sports today, that whiteout game. That's the first thing I thought. The second thing I thought was, there's nothing like this, nothing in the NFL. It's just, no. that is the coolest, coolest tradition. Whoever thought of that, give them a raise. <laughs> Guido D'Elia. Guido's the one that thought of it. And uh, it's, you know, you always pick. You sit there, it's with all due respect to Fordham, you don't play the whiteout game with Fordham. So it's never, it's Notre Dame, it's Ohio State, it's Alabama, yeah. it's Michigan, it's Auburn. So it's a big game to begin with, and the fans are engaged. It's also at night, so the fans are really engaged all day. Yeah. <laughs> we'll leave yeah. it at that. And then you get to the atmosphere itself because Jack Ham says the same thing. He says, you don't see this in the NFL. And it's, I think, for some people, becoming one of those you know, must-see things at least once in your lifetime you should be around. I know you're busy, but at some point I think you'd yeah. really enjoy taking it in if you had a chance. I'll tell you, you know, what was what was interesting is that I was talking to Eric DaCosta, the GM of the Ravens. He was at the game. Uh, he was at the whiteout game, and he was just in awe of it. He just thought it was the coolest thing. But anyway, yeah, yeah that that's that's it's so fun to watch, and yeah, I just mentioned home field advantage because I, after I watched the first quarter, I said, oof, say Auburn's pretty good. I, re, I applaud the Auburn coach. He said some really good things. I don't, I don't know any of these people. But he said some really cool things about why wouldn't you want to play in a game like this? You know, even though clearly it's going to be tougher than playing at noon on Saturday, uh, probably by quite a bit. But even even though it is, it's the experience of a lifetime. Who wouldn't want an experience like that? Exactly. And I think that was great for Auburn. It was great for Penn yeah. State. And not only that, it's a game where the team that won won. The other team that didn't win right. played really, really right. well but didn't lose. Yeah. Yeah. I they enjoyed didn't, it. They I, didn't lose the there game. Are not, I, I can count on one hand the amount of game, college games in the course of the year that I watched from start to finish. But I watched that one start to finish. I was thoroughly, thoroughly engaged. It was cool. Really cool. Speaking of cool, is uh, the um, piece that NFL Films did with your father, about your father, your letter to yeah. your father. Uh, yeah. What was that experience like for you? And you know, I'll admit it was cool for me because at least along the way of my life, I met your parents several times and yeah. they were just aw they were just awesome people. What was it like for you to write that? Well, Steve, as you know, coming from Enfield, Connecticut, as you and I both do, um you don't really grow up thinking that in whatever chosen profession you're going to do that you're really going to the big leagues, you know, you know, I right. and and look, it isn't that my parents didn't uh, sort of uh, put this put this feeling in me that hey you can do whatever you want. 
well, parents are going to say that to you, but do you ever really believe it? And so I think, I think my dad, uh, you know, obviously when I was a kid, my dad was, was a very encouraging parent, but he was not in any way a little league parent. You know, in those days, parents didn't go to a lot of games. They didn't, you know, my dad went to some games, but certainly not the majority of them when I was a kid. Many, many games, my Little League games, I just get on my bike and go home and relive it with my father sitting there watching the news or watching whatever on TV at home. And so, uh, but my father always was one of these guys who, you know, just really made me believe that, you know, if you really want to do something, you got to attack it. You just got to attack it. And I just figured when I was 11 or 12 years old, I wanted to be a writer. And so a lot of good things happened to me. But the reason why NFL Films came to me is I wrote something earlier this year in a column. And I said, you know, I've had a great run. It's been wonderful. My only regret is however much longer this lasts, year, two, five, I don't know. I'm 64. However much longer this lasts, I just have regrets that my dad never got to see it. You know, he yeah. he died uh, in 1986, and uh, I was just sort of kicking off my career at that point, and he just never really got to see very much of what happened. And so NFL Films called me and said, would you be interested in writing a letter to your dad? And uh, we have some footage of you over the years uh, with various players and after some games in locker rooms, all that stuff. And, and here's what we have. Feel free to include it or not include it. And so, I mean, you know, I, was, I had a little encounter with Richard Nixon in the Giants locker room. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, once uh, Parcells used to throw some barbs at me at press conferences when I was covering the Giants. Uh, I got to know Favre real well, Peyton Manning. So they had some... They had some footage of me doing various things, and so I wrote it, and they came and spent two days with me, once in my apartment in Brooklyn and once on the road when I was on my training camp tour. And I just, you know, I'm so grateful that they took that time and and that, um, you know, that'll, that's just a really, really nice thing to have. Um, you know, because many, uh, half of the footage I have never seen before that they put in there. I, ne- I, I didn't know it existed. Me and Brett right. Favre, I never, I didn't know that. So a lot of that stuff, it's just kind of fun to have, and I'm really grateful to NFL Films. Yeah, it's funny you say that because, like, you and I would play a game at Powder Hollow or Mark Twain. Yeah. And same yeah. thing. I'd get, on, I'd get on my bike and ride home. My parents weren't there. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, yeah. how'd you do? Isn't it funny, Steve, how, like, you know, I coach girls softball in New Jersey, both with my daughters on the team and then the last i think eight years i coached with i just was coaching kids from our little town in new jersey montclair new jersey and uh it was rare rare that one or both parents of every kid on every team it it would be rare if one or both were not there and in in our day it was rare that parents came Right. <laughs> it was just exactly. It was just so different then, you know. There's another element too. Uh, you talk about growing up in Enfield. Well, that means New England. Uh, yeah. And my my brother still has his his business in South Windsor, 
And if I bring up Tom Brady's name, oh, Brady. And he just loves Brady. So you did a, a the six-state tour, Maine, New yeah. Hampshire, Vermont, Rhode Island, Massachusetts, and Connecticut, to gauge New England. Uh, and again, this is a, another story I can really relate to. Obviously, you can, too. What did you find out in that tour that maybe you didn't know? All right, so here is the idea. I went to NBC and I said, let me go out to all six states. I'll interview one person in all six states. We ended up interviewing more than one uh, in a couple of the states. But let me go out and interview one. I just want to take the temperature of how people feel about Tom Brady now going into this game uh, against Tampa Bay, Tampa Bay and New England. And um, so what was really, really interesting is that uh, there's a couple of people absolutely Brady will never be able to do any wrong. These two lobster fishermen in northeast Maine, man, was I out there, Steve. I was way out. I was way above Portland. It was amazing. And then, and then the governor of New Hampshire came to this uh, brew pub in Littleton, New Hampshire, in the White Mountains absolutely totally beautiful and he came and it was hey i idolize brady i don't hold it against him and then we go to this little town newberry vermont with this very prim and proper young teacher a child of new england just like me she's from longmeadow mass and and i we turned on the camera started interviewing her she does not like Tom Brady. He turned his back on us. He betrayed us. You know, I, I'm not going to be wearing his jersey, that kind of stuff. Oh uh, and then we also we went to a minister in Massachusetts who was straight down the middle, but he said, hey, Tom Brady built this house, meaning Gillette. Tom Brady built this house, but he doesn't live here anymore. So let's sack him nine times on Sunday. And then this nurse, this nurse in Providence, 71 years old, She's an ER nurse, mm-hmm. and she's got a Patriots tattoo that she got on her right calf when she was 69. And she is an absolute Belichick devotee. And, and she said about Brady, hey, listen, there's 11 guys on offense. He's only one of them. We'll be fine. That was her take. So all over New England, I got all different takes. And I expect that there to be more universal, we love Brady, we understand yeah. why he did it. That was not the case. Now, who knows what happens on Sunday? Um, I, I, the, the founder of the Patriots fan club at Yale University told me, I said, how should, how should they treat Brady? And he said, golf clap. And I said, a golf clap for six Super Bowls? Are you crazy? And he said, yeah, well, you know, all we care about is the next one. So I I just, I left New England. I said, man, that's a rough crowd. It's like Rodney Dangerfield pulling in his his collar saying, hey, this is a rough crowd tonight. (laughs) Well, because when you and I were growing up, they were the Boston Patriots. And they were the AFL. You know what, Steve? I I was a Giants fan. Yeah, exactly. You know, when when I was when we were growing up in northern Connecticut, which is now never has heard a discouraging word on the Patriots, but when we right. were growing up, the Patriots were a clear number four in Boston sports. No. It was like it was probably the Celtics, then maybe the Red Sox and Bruins, 
and the Patriots were like, you know, I, I, if I compare them, they're like the New England Revolution, the soccer yeah. team now. That you know, some people are interested, but I mean, back then, nobody cared about the Patriots, and so well, it, it, it was just Bobby Orr first. So much has changed. Well, it was Bobby What's Orr that? first. It was Bobby Orr yeah, first. Yeah, that's right. Bobby Orr was the Tom Brady in those days. Yeah. It was John Havlicek. It was Bill Russell, John yeah. Havlicek, Bobby Orr, and my dad loved Ted Williams, worshipped yeah. Ted Williams. But so my obviously, I was four years old when he retired, so I never saw him or anything. But but yeah, they they had they had their idols. But I just keep thinking it's going to be like this. Favre yeah. leaves Green Bay. Everybody's bitter. And uh, right now, Brett Favre, again, walks on water when he goes up to Green Bay. I think it'll be the same thing with Brady when, uh, when he goes back in 10 years. I know you got the doggy coming up, so I'm going to let you get to that. Thank you so much for your time today. It was just fun reminiscing about a few things, and, bo- and both parts were phenomenal in the article this week. Oh, hey, really appreciate it, Steve. Thank you so much. And Hey, who, who the Lions got this week? Uh, Indiana, Saturday night, seven thirty. Home, home, stripe out. Yeah. And do they still have? Do they still have that quarterback, Indiana? Yeah, Michael Penix, the left-hander. Yeah, yeah. He may, he's gonna he'll make it an interesting game. Oh, he'll make it an interesting game because I think he's be, he's a good thrower, but he also moves well, and that's what makes yeah. him dangerous. Yeah. Do they? They don't have that receiver WAP anymore, do they? No. Guy uh, who was named after Wop. The, the Burger King Whopper? <laughs> yeah. WAP Fillier has moved on, but they have time okay. for him. All right, yeah. <laughs> WAP yeah, Fillier. I kind of lost track of him. That was the best name in college football last year. Oh, but I then, know. He, but yeah. then how about the Auburn guy this year, the safety? He had the best name. What was his name again? Smoke Monday. Storm, Storm Monday. Smoke I mean, Monday. How great is that name? Yes, yeah, Smoke. <laughs> Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday. Smoke Monday. Yeah, yeah that, that was. And the running back. Happen. And the running backs. Tank Bigsby. I mean, so they have them all. <laughs> Good name for a running back. Hey, Steve. Take care. Thank you.